The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, 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 hello to everyone. I've been watching the numbers, uh, number of people listening to this program has been growing. And uh, my understanding is that in the last month, there were over 25,000 people listening, which is really very encouraging. Uh, What I found disconcerting is that um, I don't get anybody writing to me. And I repeat, my email is ichak, I-C-H-A-K, at Adizes, A-D like in David, I-Z-E-S. As a matter of fact, only one person wrote to me, reacting to my uh, program and telling me how much he's enjoying it and how much he benefits from it in managing his company and even his personal life. And that encourages me. I need that kind of a feedback or criticism so that I feel I am not uh, a voice in the wilderness. I will appreciate writing to me. I repeat, it's ichak at adizes.com. Today, uh, I think we have uh, over the last um, probably 20 weeks of uh, weekly programming, I've covered a lot of the material about adizes methodology. And uh, I think now it's time to start looking at any crumbs that are left left and right unrecorded. I want to encourage those who have listened to all the programs. If they want to go deeper, they have the capability to listen to my to watch my videotapes called Top Leaf, L E A F Top Leaf program, um, uh, which I have 34 of them uh, uh, at um, between 15 to 22 minutes long different subjects, you can go deeper or look at my books, 14 books in 28 languages, or take the, these as programs for training to get deeper into the management theory, which is a really new paradigm, how to manage companies. As I said, I think in the past, what is this new paradigm is the following. We live in a world which is rapidly changing, increasingly accelerating the change. And pure hierarchical organizations are not capable to deal with change at the speed at which the environment in which we operate changes. And they get to become increasingly bureaucratic. Uh, I think uh, I need to explain how organizations become bureaucratic 
because of change, how change makes organizations to be bureaucratic. Uh, and that's why organizations are not organized for change. They're not set up, designed for change. Let me use analogy to communicate why the higher is the rate of change, the more bureaucracy we are going to encounter, which is counterintuitive. Because people say, well, if there's a higher rate of change, people have to change too, so they shouldn't be bureaucratic. I know they shouldn't, but they are. And here is why they are. Your role as an organization in order to be effective is to satisfy market needs. Excellent. And in order to be efficient in how you satisfy market needs, you have to organize the company and systematize it, have rules, policies, standard operating procedures, so we don't have to reinvent the wheel each time we need to wheel something around. This is a concept of efficiency. Satisfying client needs is a concept of effectiveness. Now, effectiveness and efficiency, and be very careful because these two words do not have a translation in all languages. I want to repeat it. They do not have translation in all languages. Effectiveness in Russian is result to tino, which means result-oriented. Uh, in Hebrew, it means uh, purposeful. Uh, 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 you have to really be careful how you translate the two words. Effectiveness is to satisfy the needs of the market for which you exist. And efficiency is how you satisfy the needs with minimum necessary uh, uh, energy so there is no waste. Now, how fast does in a changing environment market needs to change? Very, very fast, right? Very frequently. How long does it take you as an organization to go and, uh, and get organized to satisfy client needs? How long does it take? How long does it take to develop the systems, the supply chain, the marketing strategies, and to implement them, and the sales techniques, and, and the, the, to, for command, and to be sure that it's done correctly as a discipline? It takes time, right? And now here it is, there's a time disparity between effectiveness and efficiency. By the time you make it efficient and organize it and systematize it, market needs to change. And what does it mean? Your systems are not organized to satisfy market needs. They're missing the target. That's called bureaucracy. You go through the motions for the sake of the motions, not for the sake of achieving the results. And why is because the results have moved. The results have moved. And by the time you turn around and follow the new needs and reorganize and restructure and redo and re-systematize, what happened? Oops, again, the needs changed again. Now we have to change again. So we are always chasing. We are always behind. Our systems are not necessarily focused on the needs of the marketplace because they are with a time change, with a time delay behind. This time delay makes the systems, the operating systems, the manuals, the police policies, the standard operating procedures out of wacko, out of synchronization with market needs. And that is what's called bureaucracy. We are going through the motions which do not necessarily produce the desired results. So what does it mean? We need organizations to be able to handle change, but not reactively. 
if they're handling it reactively, they will always be behind the changes. At the time they need to react to the what they're reacting to has changed. <laughs> so they're always missing the target, always missing the target. It will be like a tennis player that moves very slowly on the mark in, on the on the tennis court. By the time he goes to react to a ball, the ball has been already somewhere else. So it's kind of a heavily moving back and forth too slowly. You need to be proactive. You have to predict the future. You need to position yourself to deal with the future before the future arrives to become a present. That means to be not reactive, not to adapt to change, but to proact to change. That is where the entrepreneurial spirit comes in. That's where innovation is so important. Wow. How do we do that? For that, we need a new paradigm shift in the way we think. We need a paradigm shift in how we think. Let me give you an, and that's what Adhesion methodology is. It's a new way of thinking how organizations should be managed. And as a side remark, let me allow me to give you a commercial here. <laughs> allow. This methodology has not been created in a library. I'm not dreaming as a professor somewhere academically and doing some controlled experiments. This is evidence-based. We work now in 52 countries over 44 years, thousands of companies being applying this methodology, and the testimonials second to none on our website by real companies with names of real presidents of companies saying we have succeeded because of this methodology. We have grown from 12 billion to $4 billion organically because of this methodology. So it is, it works. It's, it's not academic at all. It's evidence-based. It's empirical. And what is it? What is this paradigm shift? I'm really summarizing all these 20 weeks of talking on this program into one summary. What is it? It's being healthy. Being healthy. When you're not 100% healthy, every little change makes you sick. Maybe not seriously sick, but sick. Example, if you're not totally healthy, a small change in the weather and you will start sniffing. I know myself, when I'm weak physically, I always get sick in a country which is very hot. Why? Because outside is very hot, inside is air conditioned. I go inside, outside two, three, four times, I catch a cold. I really catch a very bad cold. You probably know the same thing. Some people in the morning, they wake up, they start sneezing. Why are you sneezing when you wake up, get out of bed? Because there is a change in temperature. There is change. Change makes you sick. And I have a side theory, which is not tested, but side theory. Their high rate of change is what's causing cancer. Our body has adapted over thousands of years to what it is today at a rate of change of years and years and years generations with the chemicals and with the air pollution and with the stress we live in and with all the environmental pollutions we have, our body has to adapt to a faster change. What it took it generations to adapt genetically 
how it has changed within, let's say, 30 years. And the body cannot change it fast. So what happens? It develops a disease called cancer. I attribute cancer to the rate of change. And other systemic diseases, whether it's AIDS or or uh, what is it called, the, the chicken disease or whatever it is. We are just identifying totally new diseases we didn't know existed, and I believe because the rate of change, the crossing between genetically designed food and then crossing between animals and people, everything is becoming so overlapping that it's common denominator is called change, systemic change, that is creating diseases we didn't even know existed before. All right, guys, so we need to have a system that can handle change. What does it mean? To be healthy, that the rate of change is not going to make us sick. Analogy, like who? Well, like the Russians, look at the Russians. In the winter, they can make a hole in the ice and they jump in freezing water and come out uh, rejuvenated. They are full with energy. If I did that, I'd probably die immediately from, from pneumonia. What does it mean? My body is not capable of having such acute change. And those Russians that do that every year are capable of doing that. Their body is adapted. Their body is healthier than mine. Since with the people in Finland going to sauna and then they roll in the snow and they come back into the sauna. I cannot do that. I hardly can move from air conditioning to a hot uh, to, 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 to the to the to, to the to the terrace, much <laughs> much less from a sauna to, to, to roll in the snow. Which means I'm not as healthy. Tell me how capable your hand to handle change, and I'll tell you how healthy your body, your organism is. So what we need is organizations now, let's go away from this medical analogy. We need to talk about how organizations should be organized to be able to handle change effectively and efficiently in the short and in the long run. And that is subject that business methodology covers, which are going to now summarize after the break. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network top leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by dr ishak adesis creator of the methodology and founder of the adesis institute The ADESIS methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. 
Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. So, what is it? Well, what we need is to be cybernetic. What does it mean? That the information flow, or in this case, it's not just information, the total flow of energy is not only top-down, but bottom-up as well. This is the essence See, a, 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 a brain, brain surgeon told me, healthy brain is where the energy, the electrical pulses can go from the left to the right side of the brain, uninterrupted. There is transparency, easiness of move of energy, of electrical pulses in this case. Something is true for an organization. We know from medicine as well, where energy gets stuck, we get the disease. So what you really need in order to have an organization to be healthy, that's capable of dealing with change, is for energy to flow freely. And the answer is not breaking down organization structure, having some kind of a network system where everybody can approach everybody and we have a, I don't know what to call it, I, I call it a mess, right? what call it? lack of accountability. This is a very vulgar way of trying to achieve openness. We need structured openness, but energy flows in a structured way. Otherwise, it will be like water flowing down a, a fall. If there is no way to control it, it will create a flood. But if you control it, it will create electricity. So we need to control the energy, which means we need structure, not a network, anything, anybody can go to anybody. This has been a disaster. This has been a real disaster. Even matrix organizations have been a disaster. You try to create flow of energy vertically and horizontally, clash, then you don't know who is accountable. It's miserable to work in organization managed in a matrix way. So what do we do? What is the answer? The answer is that energy is to flow top-down, which is the control and command, command and control. I'm fine with that. 
There must be predictability of behavior. There must be implementation. There must be execution that's predictable and desired and reflected decisions being taken. We cannot run away from it. We should not run away from it. We don't want, we should not create anarchy. But it should not be only top down. It also should be bottom up. Bottom up. Why bottom up? Again, back to medical analogy. God forbid, and your mind does not know what's happening to your foot. There is no flow of energy. The nervous system does not communicate what's happening to the foot. You, you have a problem, do you? A doctor tells you, listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Does your body talk to you? We are all interrelated. If there is a slightest pain in the foot, your brain knows it. Put it. Same thing should be in an organization. The problem, however, is you cannot have electrical pulses going in the same channel in different directions. <laughs> there must be circular coming down and in a different channel going up. What is wrong with the organization is that they try to have the flow of energy in the same channel go from the top down and from the bottom up. Participative management, open box, suggestion boxes, working by management, walking around. It's all trying to make the command and control structure also be participative. Good luck. Good luck, I repeat. It does not work. You cannot have energy flowing top down and bottom up in the same channel. So we need to create a parallel channel. And you know, guys, what it looks like? It's called democracy. Executive branch is down. Legislative branch is bottom up. The answer to change is democratization of organizations. Not anarchy, democratization of organizations. Top down and bottom up. <coughs> Legislative and executive branches. That we need. I'm leaving the judicial branch out now because we don't have that in an organ within an organization. That's for political systems, for macro systems. That is what we do with the methodology. We create these parallel structures of top down and bottom up. And bottom up from the workers on the line, free flow of information going to the top. No decision taking. They don't take a decision. They make a decision, and there is a big difference. And I covered it in my previous blogs. Making the decision is how you cook it. To finalize means to serve it. There's a method and a finish. There's no, no way back to the, to the oven. It's done, it's cooked, it's served, finalized. So, the executive branch carries out decisions, recommends decisions to the, to the legislative branch, which is a bottom-up structure. And this is what we're trying to do. Then, how to manage meetings, quote-unquote, democratically, does not mean anarchy, means in a structured way. Who talks when? System of governance that makes sense. Who should participate? Who talks when? Who finalizes, which means takes a decision. Who is to be informed about the decision? Who is to be consulted about the decision? Everything is structured. 
Now, why would this parallel democratic participative systematized structured system, uh, so-called thesis, work better in change rather than the hierarchical organization? Because when there is openness of information, when there is participation of all the parts, changing is easier because people that roll the boat don't rock the boat. So through participation, we get, A, better information, better decision, because we get information from the bottom up. And those that are sharing the information are involved in the decision making, and thus they get committed to implement whatever decision is taken. Now, one difference. Participation in decision does not mean that you have to do what I am participating in. <laughs> I'm not asking you for a decision. I'm asking you for your advice. So bottom-up is decision-making. Contribution information, doubts, disagreements, problems, issues. But then the top-down decides and then carries it through. So what we have is a combination of openness on one hand and strictness, closeness on the other hand. We have efficiency, effectiveness. Better decision-making is effectiveness than efficient execution of the decision. It's a combination of the two. So for me, participation does not mean that I have to do what you're recommending. Participation means you have the right to contribute, you have the right to think differently, and I have the obligation to listen to it. But I make the final decision because I am the one responsible. Whoever is responsible for results should have the authority to finalize the decision after listening to everybody else. What does it mean? It means benevolent dictatorship. Yes, benevolent dictatorship. I do not make decisions before I hear all the parties and I then make a decision and implement it. And if you guys don't like my decisions that I took and I implemented, replace me. That is the system we are talking about. And this is the called industrial democracy, democratization of organizations. A systemic, systemic means all-encompassing, holistic, systematic, participative, organizational system of decision-making and sharing. Sharing of information. And then sharing of the results that we created together which means there is no participation without decision-making without participation in the gains that those decisions have created. That's why I call that this methodology the synergetic methodology. It is symbiotic and synergetic. Synergetic means that our differences create value. We learn from each other and make better decisions. And symbiotic means we recognize our interdependency and share each other's interests, and I will take into account your interest and support them, and you will take into account my interest and support them. So we are symbiotic and not only synergistic. So it is a disease symbiogetic, because symbiosis is a health of synergy. Without understanding that we have a commonality of interest and benefit from being interwoven, there will be no willingness to share information and to learn. So growth comes first on a platform, 
on the basis of interdependency, commonality of interest, which is the first thing to create. And a business methodology then is uh, combined several components. How do we do that? We have 11 steps, 11 phases, 11 workshops, you might call them, which can take between six months to three years to implement, depending on the degree of cooperation of the company, depending on the frequency with which they're willing to work. But the fastest ever was a company in Kentucky, which finished it in six months. And some companies never finished it because the cooperation is minimal or non-existent. But not everybody gets a PhD. Some people finish with only elementary school. That's okay. Everybody can decide how much and how deep they want to go. But we have the capability to go all the way. So there is a program. There is a system. There is a learning system that people learn and implement it. And it's not a learning system does with some cases or reading some literature. No, no, no. This is actually dealing with the actual problems that the company has. And by solving the actual problems that the company has in the addition methodology, we are not only solving the problem, we are also building team, we are also learning new methodology, and even changing our style to learn from being individualistic to being collaborative. And after the break, let me start filling some gaps from my presentation, now that I summarized it, and that we should do after the break. Let's come back. See you soon. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. One of the things that I have not covered so far in all my, I think, almost 20 weeks of presentation about methodology, it's an insight I got just working in Russia, as a matter of fact. I was attending a certain meditation in an ashram in Moscow. And it just occurred to me during the meditation, because this type of meditation has a prayer that says, God, we are the only goal of human life, for all we are is slaves to our expectations, to expectations. And then during meditation, I started thinking, what is the difference between expecting, wanting, and wishing? Let me share you what I think, what occurred to me. In one of the previous presentations on this program, I talked about the difference between is, want, and should. Let me summarize it now for you again very fast. If you want to know more, look at my top list tapes or my books or find the presentation in the previous broadcast. Is, want, should. In brackets, somebody told me it's related to Freud's ego, superego, and it. I have no idea how, but after you hear my presentation here, maybe you know if you are trained in psychology or psychoanalysis. I don't know how. That was what somebody told me. This is what is going on right now, for instance. It's right now 9.29 in the evening in Tel Aviv, from where I'm speaking to you at night. 9.29, this is what's going on, and I am giving this broadcast on Voice America. Is, is, that is what is going on, is, now. At the same time that that is what is going on, I wouldn't be surprised as you are listening, you are listening, that you might say, oh my God, I should really be going to work while I'm listening to him. I should be doing something else. Right? And while you are listening and you believe you should be doing something else, maybe you really want to go on vacation. What you really want to do is just go and sleep or take a nap or listen to musical. Just go away. What does it mean? The difference between is, want, should, which creates all kinds of frustrations, which I'm not getting to it. As I said, uh, go get my tapes or read my books or find my previous presentation. But now if you take this is, want, and should, and look at the words wish, want, and expect, I think they're interrelated. I want something that is differently related with the want over there before. Is, want, should. Well, I want. I want something. 
Okay. Now, what is the difference between want and should? Want looks only at the value of something, like a pleasure. Oh, I love that. I want to do that because it gives me pleasure. When you look at the should, look at the cost. Cost-value relationship. I do something because the value is higher than the cost. And thus, I should do something. Otherwise, the cost is going to be much, much higher and maybe prohibitive. And the should is what my brain tells me to do. The want is, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's not from the heart. Maybe it is from the heart. I don't know. Oh, yes, it is. It's in my heart wants. Sure. And what is is? Is reality. What is going on right now? When I say I wish, which of the three, is one should, are involved? I wish. I think it's related more to the want. Wish, like synonymous with the word want. I wish this will happen. What am I saying? I want it. When I say should, when I say expect, there is a should there. There is what's hiding behind the word expect. I should be getting it. That's why I expect it. But behind the word expect is a hidden word of or expectation, is a hidden aspect of control. I expect you. I assume I'm in control of the situation. Thus, how come you're not doing what I want you to do? I expected this. I'm really mad that you're not doing what I expected. Because it should have been. See the word should? When I say I wish, I'm really saying, oh, I wish, I wish, I'm dreaming, I want to. Maybe it shouldn't be, but never mind, I wish. Why are we differentiating want, wish, and expect? So you see, frustrations are a function of wishful thinking and expectations. Oh, I wish I was young. What am I saying? I'm feeling so terrible that I'm old. I don't like it. So I'm frustrated. I'm really depressed about my age. See, wish is one way to get frustrated. You are getting even more frustrated when you're expecting. I expect you to behave a certain way. Why the hell are you not expecting that way? I come to think of it, as I'm talking to you now, I realize that to expect is not just to, 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 to should, you should do it. It's also to want. I want you to do it, you should do it, that's why I expect you to do it. There is no reason, logically, and by my heart, both of them, I want you, and you should. Thus, I expect. When I say I wish, I don't expect. I'm not in control. It is just want. It is just a want. So what's the difference between want and should? Uh, want and wish. The wish is stronger than want, isn't it? There is a, a little bit of expectation there. 
You know, it should be that way. I wish, you know, this and that will happen. There is a higher probability that we attribute to it. Want is just a plain, I want to eat, I want this and that. Now, my meditation that I take says you should not neither expect nor wish nor want. Which is the prescription for nirvana, is to be happy. You know something? I don't wish anything. That's fine. You know, transparent. Guys, if you're an actor and you say, I wish I would act well tonight, you'll probably make a mistake. You will not perform very well. You have to make yourself transparent. You have no wishes, no wants, no expectations. You just practice as much as you can, the best you can, and now let God speak through you. Be transparent, be totally free. Then you'll perform very well. Because wish, want, and expect make you tense. Make you tense. And as you become tense, you might miss. It might not perform as very well. Now question. Wait a moment. Wait a moment, Dr. Adizis. Are we not becoming vegetables? We have no wishes, no wants, no expectations. How are we going to do anything? Because you're going to is now. You do what is needed. If it's needed, go and do it. You do it not because you want to, but because it's needed. What do you buy? What you need? Not want. You know why? There is no limit to want. There is no limit to want. And then if you expect to have it all, oh my God, now you're really setting yourself for deep, deep frustration. Because I expect, how come I don't have the best car? I expect to have the best car. I expect to have this. I expect my wife to behave in a certain way. I expect my children to behave in a certain way. Good luck. That is the, one of the perceptions how to age fast. But when you are free, I let God take over. I, I want to do what needs to be done, yes. It's like going to the bathroom. I don't want to go to the bathroom. Not that I should go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom because I need to go to the bathroom. I go and I work on a living because I need to earn a living. Not because I want more money or I should have more money. I should meet the Genesis. I should be as good as my neighbors, as rich as my neighbors. That's a prescription for failure, for frustration, for missing on life. Let go of wants. Let go of wishes. Let go of expectations. React to, proact to, deal with, handle what needs to be done. If the baby is crying, you have to go and rock it. You have to feed it. It's not you want to feed the baby. It's not you should feed the baby. You do feed the baby because the baby needs to be fed. End of the story. Remove yourself out of it. Just respond to the needs of the environment, to the needs of the system you live in. A, you'll be much more effective because you will not be wishing, uh, wasting a lot of energy 
from internal struggles. Oh, I wish it. Oh, I expected it. Oh, I want it. It's not happening. Let go of all of it. And all at once you're finding that all your energy is functional, you're sharper, more capable, and thus more effective and efficient in your behavior. I hope this makes it clear, you know, and I am even playing with it um, periodically. I must admit I'm not very religious about it. should be more <laughs> because I want to. Oh, here's a beautiful sentence I read somewhere in Moscow. It says, it is so difficult to do it when I should do it and so easy to do it when I want to do it. Let me repeat it, guys. This is very, very profound. It is very difficult to do it when you should do it and very easy to do it when you want to do it. To stop smoking because you should stop smoking is much more difficult than you stop smoking because you want to stop smoking. You see that? Isn't that interesting? Now just imagine that you stop smoking not because you want to, it takes energy, not because you should do, because it's your more energy, just because you don't need to. <laughs> you don't need to smoke. Simple as that. See, you go with the is, not with the want, not with the should. You go with the is. What is, is. You become a little bit more animalistic, like an animal. Look at an animal. There is no should. Animals have no should. They don't even have want. They do what they need to do. They follow needs. All right, guys. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we continue. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. 
Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. I want to share with you something that I'm experiencing working in Russia. And it's related to how I started this broadcast today when I was talking about the flow of energy. I'm writing this this insight um, in a blog, which I publish every week. So any one of you that wants to read my blog, which I publish weekly, please go and subscribe to it on the www.thesis.com uh, uh, blog, uh, sorry, site, or go to my face, Facebook, Ichakadizes uh, Facebook. You can subscribe to my blog, which is published weekly. So this, what I'm going to share with you now, will be the blog thing next week. One of the biggest problems in Russia, and I've been talking about it a lot, but now I have a deeper experiences and longer experiences than I had in the past is what I call a culture of fear. Culture of fear. When there is a meeting, usually the top person, the leader of that unit, talks freely. The rest of the unit, managers, executives, sit quietly and do not dare to disagree share or challenge whatever the top person is talking. Then when that, that, that top person is very articulate and open speaking, goes to a meeting of his boss. He is totally quiet. His boss is now talking. So who talks? The boss. Who is quiet? All the subordinates of that unit. And that means from the top to the bottom of the organization. What does that cause? Lack of flow of energy from the bottom up. It looks like the top, the head, does not know what's happening with the rest of the body. And ladies and gentlemen, they sure do not know. They don't know. Like nobody dared to disagree with Hitler. So he didn't know what was going on. Because whenever they were telling something he didn't want to hear, it will go on a rage, so people will be quiet. This is very dangerous. Russia has very good people, guys. Smart, intelligent, well-trained, very well-educated. The system does not allow their participation to bring any fruitful results. 
But this culture of fear does not just pertain to meetings. Very interesting. I found out the next phenomenon. Very little smiling around. People do not smile. You see, they don't make eye contact. You can be walking the streets like I did, and I still do because I'm working there, and I walk the streets, and I have never yet succeeded to get an eye contact or somebody just to smile at me. What's going on here? And then a teller in the bank told me she tried to smile because she just, you know, see in the movies how people smile. So she said, why don't I smile too? Be nice. She was rejected. What happened? Well, people say, when you smile, apparently you have something in mind. You probably want to manipulate me. You want something from me. What is it that you want from me? And I feel very uncomfortable. Why are you smiling at me? What are you trying to get out of me? See that? So what is normal and what is abnormal is not a question of ethics. <coughs> it's a question of statistics. If most people, in statistics it's called mode, if most of the people do not smile, that is normal. And to smile is abnormal. And smiling in Russia is abnormal. Again, fear. Fear. No eye contact. No smiling. Everybody into his own little cocoon. Fear from strangers. They do not mix with the strangers. They just keep to themselves. What does that do? Again, it does not allow energy to flow. Again, it causes the energy to get stuck. And when the energy is stuck, the organization is not flexible. When the organization is not flexible, it does not adapt to change as well. How did it happen? You know, Russian people are very romantic in my judgment. If you know their songs, national songs, folk songs, are very romantic. They talk about love, about yearning, about motherhood, they worship the mother. They're as beautiful and more romantic even than our Western songs. The only place in the world where they have little booths selling flowers, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 765 days a year. I mean, <laughs> every 200 yards you see a, a flower shop in Moscow. Who buys flowers at 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning? Why is it open? There is a market. <coughs> People give flowers to each other. They worship their poets, whether it's Pushkin or Mayakovsky. Something is wonderful there, warm, affectionate, open, laughter. Well, in their art, in their movies. But when we look at the reality, it is not there. What happened? My interpretation is that the communism, communism imposed by punishing, killing millions of people, has put into the DNA of the Russian culture fear. Fear. And that is a fear that is causing 
people not to share information, not to move, and as a disaster because of that, the organizations are not flexible and not able to react to change as fast as they should. Thank you very much, and I look forward soon, next week, to the next part of this podcast. Thank you very much. Please write to me to ichak at adizas.com anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.